a 6-3 win for the Arizona Coyotes as they take down the Montreal Canadiens on the second game of a back-to-back. With some time off, we're going to take take care of this game, talk about it, what happened for the Arizona Coyotes on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlik on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. It's our post-game show. Arizona Coyotes take down the Montreal Canadiens 6-3. to We want to thank everyone for joining this episode, though, uh, once again, and making a Lockdown Coyotes your first listen every day. We're free and available, free and available on all platforms. Um, but we have to win, Carl. The Arizona Coyotes are 100% swept through the, through the East Canada teams. They have. Uh, something we talked about on the preview for this, like the Coyotes could keep the brooms out, and they certainly did. It was not the most convincing game. Do not let the score fool you. The Coyotes did not like have control of this game. They just happened to win a 6-3 game against another bad team. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, in fact, the Canadians even had more possession in this game, believe it or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> than the Ottawa Senators last night, or? No, it wasn't that crazy. That crazy. I think the, yeah. like, the, like, if we do, like, court the differential course, I think it was, like, the last game against the Senators, it was plus 55 in favor of the senators yeah this one is um plus 34 so like an improvement but also (laughs) not a good game it was a very weird game to to watch to listen to because the coyotes were ahead after a good first period when the montreal canadians were not playing good they turned it on, and yet somehow the Coyotes kept them at bay, but never looked in control. Yeah, it was interesting following through it all, cause especially because the Coyotes scored like the first two goals of the game, like within the first like six minutes, right? Yes, uh, was, uh, like, within the first four minutes. Within the first four minutes, like what <laughs> is going on? Um, and and again, these are two teams that are tanking. So, like, it's a really a question is who's going to try to tank more. And despite Montreal having better numbers, they tanked better. <laughs> well, it was crazy because the Coyotes got the, the two goals in four minutes. Then a uh, friend of the show, uh, Lauren Dolphin, uh, got the goal in the first period, like, off his jersey to split the Coyotes' lead in half. And they doubled up with goals from Richie and Lawson Kraus. So, like, that first period where you're being, like, outscored and 
or you're outscoring your opponents, but you're being outshot. That's like a weird position to be in. And then the Montreal Canadiens just took control, but failed to score. Yeah. For most of the rest of the game. Um, what astonished me though is like, I honestly thought the Coyotes were going to go through a collapse. Um, because there was that period at the end of the second period. Yeah. Where that came that it was like, it was like, oh, we're going to see one of these games, aren't we? I mean, yeah. Uh, Cole Caulfield, I mean, two goals in eight seconds. I mean, let's be fair that, I mean, I think that's one of the fastest two in the NHL, two goals in eight seconds from a single player. Um, yes, although I, I saw a tweet that he was still three seconds too long to have the Canadians record, which I have to imagine was set like the 1950s. You got to imagine, because that's when, you know, things were different. Then that, that, that's the reason why the highest goal scored uh, trophy used to name the Rocket Rashad Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> because, but I, I just imagine some guy in the 1950s doing that half slap shot from center ice and just trickling oh. past the goaltender who can't yeah. make a save. But then again, I don't know what I was saying. I, I don't know what I'm thinking, though, in saying that that would have led to a collapse when the same thing happened last week against the Toronto Maple Leafs when it was two goals in 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, I mean, it should have served as a wake-up call, but it did not. So no, the third period was absolutely terrible. <laughs> yes. It felt less like a wake-up call for the team and more like a wake-up call for, like, anyone watching the game because you're like oh no the coyotes were not doing good in this game at all the montreal canadians were just doing really bad up until a point and then they could just turn it on in 80 seconds i think the montreal canadians were just like oh wait we have the puck in our in in their offensive zone let's just to for the sake of possession metrics and course let's just shoot it doesn't matter if it goes on the on on that or anything let's just shoot it <laughs> yeah yeah it was not it was not fun uh and and i do think the coyotes like played a, a decent enough like first period like it was an okay start and then when you have a three goal lead you are more defensive we talked about this like we've always talked about this you kind of go into a shell not ideal it happened, um, and it was going okay. But, you know, as the Coyotes have learned this year, power play goals can turn things around. And the Coyotes got one um, tonight, but, like, normally we're talking about them not getting a power play goal and it not turning things around. So it's just one of those lessons that continue to learn. Like, do not let your opponents score power plays and try and score power plays. Yeah. Um, that's what that's, that's definitely the thing. And then, and I think the thing that we fail to keep remembering uh, when it comes to thinking about those kind of things is again, the Coyotes were playing the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what we expected because I think, I think I still said it was going to be over, but we both said, said, oh, we both said over. We both said over, but I, don't think we thought it was going to be like this again. Um, well, in, in our defense, we said it was going to be close, and it was the yeah, like it was if you went based off of like uh, 
the actual just, game played, not the actual yeah, the actual goal. game play, rather than what the score sheet actually says. The score yep. sheet was like, oh, yeah, the Coyotes got this one. Yeah, but we we predicted the game correctly. The Coyotes and the Montreal Canadiens just failed to uh, have their score reflect reality. Uh, I think that's the the best way to say that. It is. This is I'm going to look um, real quickly through some of the other stats before we uh, before we move on to the next segment, and that is just just a quick baseline to kind of give you guys an idea of how of how this was in terms of Corsi, uh, sh- uh scoring chances and expected goals. Kind of how how close, much closer was this than we actually thought, or in terms of or more in favor of Montreal as it should have been, sixty five thirty nine was the uh, the Corsi in favor of Can- the Canadians. Scoring chances, 34 to 21. High danger Corsi, 11 to 9 in favor of, uh, in favor of Montreal. Expected goals, 2.52 to 2.25. <laughs> Honestly, the high danger being like as close as they were, that's one that stands out to me. Like, that's I mean, why those were like, uh, I, I love those stats because it totally kind of like isn't something I'm thinking about, but like just like my initial eye test is like, oh, that was rough. I mean, it, yes, it, it seems like it might be off to start, like to start, but then you take a look at the heat map on where all the shots were for, for Montreal. Look at that. Oh, Yeah. That was a lot right there. And I'm looking at the Coyotes goals. Oh, yeah. The Coyotes goals were all within, like, towards the slot. Like, look at that. Like, <laughs> with one over by the face-off circle. That is, yeah. It was a very weird game. I feel like this statistic, like, the stats, like, somehow make it a little bit more confusing. It does. It absolutely <laughs> does. But you know what? The Arizona Coyotes got the win. They completed the sweep. I know we're supposed to, we're supposed to be more, you know, touting towards the rebuild and talk about, you know, getting a good draft pick, but nothing makes me happier than saying that the Arizona Coyotes swept Eastern Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, and not just on the road trip, but as a whole. Yeah, it it is definitely like, uh, as especially this year when the Coyotes have been kind of the laughing stock of the NHL world, they are the bad team that somehow beat the two bad Canadian teams in the eastern part of the continent, but also the good Canadian team. That's fun. I like that. Oh yeah, it is indeed. We still got more to get to though on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to talk about the uh, you know some of the players who made good contributions and some of the fun stat lines that we got a chance to see out of the outcome of this game. All that and more on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. But first, a quick word from Carl. So I have a message from our friends at Boat Bar, and that's: Have you tried the puffs? If not, you're missing out on one of the best-tasting Built Bar flavors. The Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. 
They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. You got the yummy cinnamony churro. You got the coconut marshmallow. My favorite, the banana cream pie. They're all so good. You're going to find one that will be your new favorite. Plus, all Built Bars, including the puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bars are uh, a better option if you're someone who likes a candy bar. They only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. What I want you to do is go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So back here on Lockdown Coyotes, once again, Arizona takes down Montreal 6-3 to over in Montreal um, as the Arizona Coyotes um, finish off their road trip. And they come home yet with another win. They have, I mean, they have like a week off now. But uh, but let's go ahead and talk about the well, not a week. They got, I mean, they come back the end this weekend. But yeah, they play Saturday. They play Saturday. But it's enough. It's enough of a, enough of a break. It's like most of a work week. So yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but let's go and let's go ahead and get to the uh some of the stat lines as we mentioned like player stat lines not just the overall stat lines as i mentioned before but the player stat lines because we got some interesting ones based off who were pretty big contributors for this and let's start with our good friend Lawson Kraus mm-hmm. who uh we mentioned with a you know a hat trick in the previous game and now go ahead and gets another and gets another goal. Like he like <coughs> Austin Krause is on a roll. Yeah. It was a statement goal, like eleven or less than eleven seconds left in the first period, gets the breakaway and just shoots and fires for his nineteenth of the season. Just phenomenal goal from Kraus to really like give the Coyotes, which should have been momentum going into the second season or second period. Sorry. And it's, you know, it's funny because I think um, I was listening to the radio broadcast and, you know, obviously Bob Heathouse was pretty excited when when, when he's saying, oh, Lost and Curl's fourth goal in two games. And I'm just like, look at that. Look yeah. at that. I mean, especially because, uh, yeah, it was a good night for former Roadrunners. Yeah, because Lawson Krause was one, um, and 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 I think that was a pretty fun one to watch. Um, who um, from former Roadrunners, Barrett Hayton got a goal as you meant as you mentioned. You know he's got, you know he is one that opened it up. Yep, it was just fun. Yeah, it was fun, right? You know? <laughs> ah, definitely. Uh, and like it's it's good to see Krause just continuing the offense. Uh, j- in general, he's kind of a, you know, he has those kind of like fun, like good bursts, but it's nice to see him finding his consistency, especially after last season where he just had like all of the right like plays, but just could not find the back of the net. I was just going to bring that up. And like, I was yeah. like, I was thinking like, think about what we were talking about, you know, before you became co-host, I brought you on a guest multiple times and like multiple times we talk about. Let's talk about Lawson Krause and just how unlucky this kid is. He's just not getting the finishes. He looks good, but he's not getting the finishes. And now, a year later, 
we were like, let's talk about Lawson Krauss. This dude is amazing. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think it kind of goes to like show how like how how everyone recognized that Lawson Krauss was unlucky. Like there was no real talk that he was bad or he wasn't like living up to the hype. Like from start to finish, everything I saw like interacting with people on Five for Howling was like this guy is snake bitten. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, did he piss someone off or they like cursed him? I don't know. But like everyone could tell that like he was going to have a rebound and he has like, that's just great. And it shows that he was playing the right way the entire time. Hey, two, uh, two other major contributors that I want to bring up are uh, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. And you have some stat line about their points and like both of those players points in just the last seven games. Yes. So both players are on a seven game point streak. Nick Schmaltz has 17 points in those seven games, which is understandable. He had a seven point night, uh, almost like as surprising to me, Clayton Keller has 14 points in that. Like, Nick Schmaltz had a franchise-setting night, and Clayton Keller is still only three points behind him. That's really just phenomenal. Um, uh, there was a couple other things that I was reading, too, when I was going through um, going through Twitter on, on some of these. Um, and some people were making some tweets about these players. Uh, and I'm trying to see where, where some of it was. Um, some reason it's lost, but, but they're making some big, big contributions. Um, and it's freaking awesome. Um, and again, both of them are like, also like at what, 18, 19 balls or whatever, 17, or is it 17, 19? Uh, Schmaltz as at 18 goals and Ke- then Kel- Keller's oh, Ke- at 26. Ke- Keller's at 26. That's right. And then it was um, Kraus, it was Kraus the one you mentioned that was that close also. Yeah. But you have two players again that was mentioned in the in the in the pregame that are that are close so close to 20. And again, as we mentioned uh, so pregame, like who would have thought that we'd have three players get to that close to the 20 goal score mark? Like it's. And uh, just kind of for, for perspective, Clayton Keller is at 34 assists, so he is currently at 60 points. That is surprising. Uh, I remember uh, a big thing Craig Morgan used to do. I haven't seen as much now because they're doing really well. He would pull like fans on what he thought Clay- or what they thought Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz and Christian Dvorak, Jake Chikrin, like all those players should be. And I think the top tier was usually like 75. Clayton Keller has like a realistic chance of maybe hitting that if he continues this hot streak. There are, um, and because of the how you mentioned the points for the Arizona Coyotes and how they are of stats, stats-wise, they have multiple players that are above a point per game. Yeah. Just... Who would have thought, like, I don't know if it is, like, bear system, if it is just these players or what, like, everything is clicking for the Coyotes. I fully expect 
something to go to wrong and the Coyotes to have at least one more five-game losing streak. But this kind of is like a good indication of what the Coyotes could be in the next couple of years. Another fun stat that someone brought up, and I'm um, bringing this one up too. Uh, someone said that the uh, Arizona Coyotes are 6-1 and one in the month of March with scoring 5.29 goals a game. Who is this team, Carl? <laughs> I, I, I honestly do not know. This is... Honest, I, I cannot state this enough. This, this is better than the expectations I had for the Coyotes this season. In general, I, I thought the Coyotes may have one 20-goal score. Uh, I did not expect them to have three, and I did not expect Phil Kessel to not be one of them. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, what? Like, huh? <laughs> Tell me again. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, I, I do not think it'll last, but for right now, gotta ride the hype train, baby. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and I, as again, as we mentioned in the pregame show, take as much like of the, you know, happy stuff as much as you can for these coyotes because we're not going to get a whole lot of it i mean there's there's you know there's these glimpses that are going to make you feel good take advantage of yeah definitely definitely if you're a fan you should absolutely be enjoying this time right now and just in general know that no matter what happens next because the next week may hurt if you have some like favorite players like Things have already gone better than we could have expected. Absolutely. We still got more to get to, though, on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of other things that happened in this game. Um, It's going to be an interesting conversation in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. And we're back here on Lockdown Coyotes. Once again, we want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Coyotes your first listen every day. We really appreciate all your support. Let's now go to our final conversation. And Carl, you brought this up. You said this is something you wanted to talk about before before we went live. And it was a decision made by um, Canadians coach Martin San Louis yep. to pull their goaltender, uh, Montebois, how do you pronounce his name? With uh, It was uh, Primo at the time. Because oh, Montebal had been pulled. That's right. Uh, after the first, yeah. that's right. It, um, but but pulling Primo, and with what four minutes over four minutes left? Over four minutes left. Yes. And it was a and at the at that point it was a five to three game. So I I did want to talk about this. This is something that we have talked about a lot. This is something that I am very interested in. Uh, it is like. Something that Patrick Waugh brought to my attention, and from now on, I will never not be thinking about it, pulling your goaltender early. Uh, I could kind of see what the Montreal Canadiens were doing, were thinking, because, and especially Martin Saint-Louis, it, it's definitely his call, because the Canadians were playing good in the third period. Like, if you get that one goal, you don't necessarily have to pull your goaltender right away. You can maybe, like, give it a couple minutes, but at least you're in there right away. Not much to lose anyways. But the Coyotes were also not staying in their own zone 
like consistently. It wasn't like the Ottawa Senators where the Senators were just keeping the Coyotes penned in. They were like at least clearing the puck. So that's a really interesting risk reward. And I was just kind of curious what your thoughts were on like a four minute poll. Like, do you like the late poll? Do you think four minutes is excessive? What What is your opinion? Because I, I kind of see both sides. You know, I see both sides. When I think it depends on how much confidence you have in your um, in your unit that you have on the ice, yeah. right? And the and the confidence in who you ha- who you have as your extra attacker, yeah. and can't and are you confident that this team can sustain a high forecheck, high pressure, and be able to stay and create in the zone? I am somewhat questioning um, Martin San Louis on that decision because of how the t- how the game flow was in this case. But there are several cases where it's where I've seen it happen, and there's no goals against in that case because it is a it is a crazy offensive rush on this side, and it looks like it could very well work. Again. A pulled goaltender doesn't always work no matter what. An extra attacker, it's like it's hard because that means you're you're just adding more traffic onto the ice. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, they had Cole Caulfield score two goals in eight seconds. Like, that feels like if you're on the bench and you see that happen and there's like less than five minutes ticking down, you're down by two, why wouldn't you just be like I don't know. What the hell? Let's give it a try. Let's see what you can do. The one thing where I like uh, w- one of the situations where I see something like this working, it would be like uh, and work well, you know, on an early pull like that would be like if the Coyotes committed a penalty. Yeah. And it's like, oh, got a power play. But you know what? Instead of five on four, let's make it six on four. The problem with the power play, though, is when they're on the penalty kill. They can ice the puck without having to worry about that. So you're just doing shots from like the face-off shots, like into like the other end of the ice. Like that's something that I'm always like thinking about. Like the best kind of situation is being down a man with less than two minutes because you could just ice the puck. In but my again, opinion, I'm sure that doesn't work out like numbers wise. But again, I also think the in the other situation is you got to think of the kind of team that each team uh, that, that you're playing against. In the case of the Coyotes, who doesn't have a good penalty kill unit, you yeah. take advantage of your of your of your man advantage. Yeah, I mean Lawson Cross did get that shorthanded goal last night. He did again. That then that's rare. We don't see that often for the <laughs> like if we're talking two years ago. Yeah, we're like, oh, this is this is a normal occurrence. <laughs> yeah no i i just i i love the chess match that is pulling your goaltender early i think it is the ultimate risk reward like play in hockey and it is like the best kind of indication of what type of coach you are because like that is like the game on the line you go big or you go home. And I respect that. And I like Martin St. Louis for giving it a try. It didn't work out. And it was probably the raw game to try it on. 
but I like the try, like oh, the no, abstract. Absolutely, I like that try. Absolutely. Um, one thing I will say too about just pulling a goaltender in general is: Have you ever? I'm I'm pretty sure you've done this, but like the usual, the casual hockey fan won't pay attention to it, and they just see the the goalie leave. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched the coach? Instead of they didn't, you weren't even paying attention to what's going on in the ice in the final minute, whatever. When you know a goaltender is going to pull, you just watch the coach, seeing when he's going to signal to pull the goaltender. Yes. Oh yeah. Like especially in like the smaller arenas, uh, I have watched games at Oceanside, so I have been right above the coaching uh, to see them pull, and. It's always fun because the goaltender starts to come out a little bit, but they don't want to go out too far. So it's like this nice little like kind of like, should I go? Should I go? Should I go? And then just all of a sudden like, yep. And you're like, just sprints. Yeah, I, I, I watch, when I watch all the Roadrunners games, like I see like um, like when they're getting ready to do the faceoff, um, Jay Verity is kind of like, putting his hand hand out it was like like kind of like a stop sign it's like hold it hold yeah. it and then like once he sees that there's enough momentum he's like go 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 <laughs> uh, and and honestly like i feel like goaltenders now are much more comfortable being like at the face off dots for like a pull like I, I don't know if that's just in my like recency bias but it feels like when i was like watching hockey 10 years ago goaltenders weren't like that confident about doing that in the way that they are consistently now and i think it's because of the way the game has changed you know for a while it was a very defensive minded game and now offense is here like is 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 so crazy that like if you if you are confident your team can have a good four check then you're like yeah i can second stick around right here yeah. Or like goaltending skates changed in such a way where they're like, no, we can just skate much better now. Like I do love how like hockey is that thing where like skill improves the game, but also just general equipment makes things better. Better skates and just better better pads, smaller because because like obviously the pad talking pad size, we're we're talking like what a 30 year different like you know, like 30 year difference because like what, you know, during the you know uh that previous era when you had goaltenders with pads bigger than themselves like yeah yeah pads are still probably too big net should maybe be a little bit bigger but it seems to be trending in the right direction uh which is i, I think probably the first time we can say that as nhl fans when it comes to like offense like things seem to be picking up when the Coyotes in a tank year are a high offense team, something's going on in the NHL. I was going to say good or bad, but something, a thing is happening. I mean, in I mean, it's weird because that's, that was only in the last in in this in this month because what the first three months of the of the uh, even the first four months of the of the season, the Coyotes had what an average goals of two. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like, I, their average may still be at like for the season, like in the two, I'm sure it is, but you do also look at the fact, like there was pretty significant injuries. Nick Schmaltz, who has been tearing up the NHL was injured for most of the season. Like how much did that make a difference? 
injured for most of the season, yet he's like uh, 42 points in his 41 games played. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly do not know. Um, you know, the, the seven game game is or seven point game is definitely going to inflate his stats, but just in general, he's been extremely hot and that's just something we can hope continues. Knock on wood. You guys just kind of had this, you know, thought in my head that just came up now. I think the Ottawa senators hate Nick Schmalz. Ah, <laughs> uh, I hope so. Like, I really hope that he lives in their dreams. Oh, no, wait. We have an example for this. Do you remember the Uber incident with the Ottawa Senators in the... Oh, man. The whole Uber story. Oh, God. I hope. I doubt that'll happen. And I know Canadian laws are different with regards to filming because they were complaining about that a lot of the time. But I hope Nick Schmaltz inspires Uber ride conversations for the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> oh, that would be so funny. That would be absolutely amazing. Anyways, though, once again, final score for the Arizona Coyotes against Montreal Canadiens. Coyotes take the win, 6-3, to three, the final score. That's going to be it for this post-game show. Hope you guys all like what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a review. Like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Coyotes, on Instagram at LockdownCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlik is Carl Pavlik FFH. Ask us a question. DM us, mention us, whatever you want. And we can answer it right back or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. <laughs>